Recently, I dropped a video on this channel entitled San Francisco is Collapsing. In that video, I went over how they're running their public transportation system, and I talked about how letting their system decay, fall apart, is going to lead to damaging outcomes not just for drivers, but how that can negatively impact their downtown. And as if the gods decided to mock me... All of a sudden, right after dropping that video, we received story after story of major businesses in downtown San Francisco completely abandoning their locations and turning those locations over back to the lender because they no longer find it financially viable to pay off their loans. Now, we're going to talk about this. We're going to get into this. We're going to talk about how there is, in fact, a multitude of factors that are going into this, like any situation like this. But of course, why crime in San Francisco and the utter lawlessness is one of the top reasons why this is happening. But before we get into that, let's talk about your economic future. Let me toss it over to the sponsor, and then I'll bring it back over here, and we'll talk about it on the other side. The signs of future economic trouble for investors and savers are all around us. Bloomberg is warning of, quote, a severe economic reset and gold appears as a caged bull awaiting a catalyst. In May of this year, JP Morgan said, cut stocks, buy gold, and hold on to your cash. And people at Wells Fargo believe that gold might be in a super cycle and it could last for the next six years. And in fact, they might be projecting $3,000 an ounce for gold. The time for gold is here and demand is already soaring. This is why I'm happy to tell you that I'm partnering with National Gold Group. You can call them at 866-826-2603 and talk to somebody about protecting your assets by moving them into gold. Now, right now, they're running a fee-less transfer for their gold IRAs if you call them at that number and mention that I send you, and they will talk you through with their world-class, first-class, American-based customer service and let you know how you can get into precious metals to hedge your bets against the financial disaster. National Gold Group is rated as one of the top gold dealers by Consumer Affairs, and again, you can reach them at 866-826-2603. There is always a risk with any investment, and past performance is never a guarantee of future results. So news dropped earlier this week that a downtown Hilton that's an absolutely huge building in downtown San Francisco would decide that they were no longer going to pay off their loan, which is valued at about $725 million. Now, there are a bunch of factors that go into this thing. First and foremost, obviously, money is not as cheap as it used to be. So a lot of people who have lines of credit from financial institutions who might need additional credit in the future have to factor in that the price of money is just higher. So this is one of the reasons why we're going to expect, at least in my belief, to see similar stories despite the dramatic circumstances that we've seen in San Francisco. However, that is not the whole story. And anybody who tries to hide behind one of the various other things that are impacting this decision without addressing the heart of the issue is in fact lying to you because the issue being faced by Hilton Hotels, which again is a huge hotel in San Francisco, is a lack of demand. And that lack of demand is largely driven by the fact that people don't want to visit this city like they used to because the city is in utter decay criminality is running rampant. There are homeless people all over the place. We've covered horror story after horror story related to San Francisco, and this is the impact. Just days after launching the city of San Francisco's first ever TV commercial in an effort to help boost local tourism. Welcome to the most beautiful 
beautiful city in the world. Park hotels and resorts stopped making payments toward the $725 million loan on two of its properties in the heart of Union Square. The first is the Hilton San Francisco Union Square, which takes up an entire city block with more than 1,900 rooms. And the second is Park 55 San Francisco with a little more than 1,000 rooms. Now, there are two properties actually being surrendered, which account for 2,900 hotel rooms and the Hilton in particular in San Francisco's Union Square location, which is the largest hotel in San Francisco that occupies an entire city block, has 1,921 rooms. Now, their other hotel has over a 1,000 rooms, and they're also surrendering that one, and these are just massive properties in downtown San Francisco, which, by the way, the property cost over there is among the highest in the nation. So just the value of the land and this much space and this much building should be enough to make any investor think about considering retaining this property. However, this is not the case for Hilton Hotels, and this is due to the fact that San Francisco is just not recovering in the way that a lot of people who said everything was related to the virus had projected. In fact, it's been significantly slower and notably slower, specifically in the city of San Francisco. Quote, after much thought and consideration, we believe it's in the best interest for parks stockholders to materially reduce our current exposure to the San Francisco market. Now, this was said by the Park Hotel CEO, Thomas J. Baltimore, in a statement. Now more than ever, we believe that San Francisco's path to recovery remains clouded and elongated by major challenges both old and new. Record high office vacancy, concerns over street conditions, lower return to office than peer cities, and a weaker than expected citywide convention calendar through 2027 that will negatively impact business and leisure demand. Now look, I'm not saying that corporations never lie, I'm not saying that they can't be deceptive, but to be clear, this is said by a publicly held corporation and lying to your shareholders, lying to your stockholders, not doing what is in the best interest of those shareholders and stockholders is actually a crime. This person has a fiduciary responsibility to profit. So whatever his personal political leanings, if he happens to be anti-crime or not, are irrelevant. He is laying out the factors and explaining why San Francisco is not a viable option. Option. And what one of the things that I want to point out that's incredibly crucial is the fact that he is comparing San Francisco to its peer cities that have been recovering more rapidly. He's also highlighting the fact that other people pulling out of San Francisco in terms of offices and in terms of conventions just makes the city not viable going into 2027. So San Francisco's soft on crime, allowing homeless people to run rampant on the streets, being the, one of the car breaking capitals of the country is not doing itself any services and i've said this time and time again repeatedly on this channel to the mockery of idiot lefties who don't understand how things actually work this is another example of crime driving poverty not the other way around think about all the people that will work in these two hotels that account for almost 3,000 rooms think about all the economic activity
productivity that is being lost by the fact that the crime is driving out tourism demand and people don't want to go there. Again, these two hotels alone had 3,000 rooms. They were able to operate profitably for years and now all of that is gone and what has changed in the city of San Francisco. Now, what's interesting about this is just three months ago, the CEO of this particular hotel, along with others, actually had an in-person meeting with London Breed, which she said went particularly well and she expressed optimism about it. However, as we've seen, San Francisco has only continued to decline. London Breed has embarrassed herself time and time again. We actually covered a story where she tried to do an outdoor meeting. She didn't even last 15 minutes facing the residents of San Francisco based on her insane progressive policies. And then she ran away hilariously after declaring how strong and stunning and brave she is. I am putting everything on the line. I am doing this job without fear of losing it. Because at the end of the day, when you know what it feels like to grow up in chaos, you want nothing more than change. She ran away minutes later. And of course, London Breed is going to report that it's so optimistic for San Francisco's future because she's BSing. In fact, she's been talking about how this and other properties are definitely going to remain open and they're going to be retained. And you shouldn't worry about it, despite the fact that you should definitely be worried about it. And one of the things that is eye-catching is actually the dollar amount, the number actually initially borrowed compared to what was left on the loan. So a lot of people report that $725 million loan amount, but in reality, in actuality, that was just the remaining balance on the loan. This loan in particular was taken out in the year 2016, and it was actually taken out for $1.56 billion, which means that one of the largest giants in the hotel industry, Hilton, and of course it's owned by Park because we all know parent companies and all that, borrowed over $1.5 million on a loan. They paid off over half of that loan in under 10 years, and even though they only had 50% of their remaining balance on the books, they said, you know what? We're done here. We're calling it quits. You, the lender, you take the property, do whatever you want with it. This is just not viable. Now, we have other closures that I need to go over in this video, but you have to understand what a huge, gigantic loss and sea change in the city of San Francisco this actually is. Because a lot of people say San Francisco's trash, nobody would want to go there, but the exact opposite is the truth. The hotel industry was actually booming in San Francisco only a few years ago, and the reason why is because you have Silicon Valley there. So there's constant influx of business travelers going into that particular area. On top of that, San Francisco is a historic city, the Golden Gate Bridge, a bunch of other iconic places in the area. So you have a bunch of people who also want to go there for personal reasons, for vacation purposes. So it's one of those rare nexuses where it's actually a business capital and a tourism capital in terms of pleasure. So San Francisco hotels often charged higher than normal rates for their room compared to the national average, even when you adjust for the higher cost of doing business in the city of San Francisco. That was the norm of the hotel. That's why when they borrowed this money to have these mega hotels in the city of San Francisco, they had no problem paying off over half of it, and they even continue to do so during the pandemic when these hotels were forcibly closed due to the fact that they expected it to recover in a same manner that we've actually seen other cities' hotels recovering. However, all of that has been completely tarnished by the city of San Francisco. Obviously, you have the extreme lockdowns that forced a 
lot of people out. They go to work remote, and they don't want to do the meetings in San Francisco. We also have places like Texas and all these other parts of the country trying to lure away these companies. And even a certain segment of their offices moving out of the area is going to impact the business situation. There's also no real reason to have conventions there. What's the point when all that's going to happen is that your convention goers are going to have their cars broken into because everybody's going to try to steal their stuff. It's an absolute disaster, and what we're seeing is an absolute devastation of the economy of San Francisco, not just because of Democratic policies on economics and on taxation, but based on criminality. People don't want to go there. They don't want to be there. The city's in decay. This is cited by the CEO, so that's driving down demand, and they don't expect it to recover well past the year 2027. Just days after launching the city of San Francisco's first-ever TV commercial in effort to help boost local tourism welcome to the most Now, what's hilarious is that one week prior to this news breaking, Mayor London Breed launched a campaign to try to change the image of the city of San Francisco to lure in tourists back to the city. And what I find funny about that is that that change is completely a PR campaign. It has nothing to do with actually addressing the problems. It has everything to do with messaging because a lot of these people think that their policies are great. You're just not dumb enough to understand it. So they're going to keep explaining to you how open air drug markets are excellent until you get the point. What they don't get is that their policies are what's driving people out of San Francisco. Westfield handing over San Francisco Center back to the lender is another hit to downtown San Francisco. And while Westfield blames a massive drop in sales, there may be more at work here. Now, Westfield is also leaving San Francisco, which is one of the largest malls in the downtown area. And I know that some people who are in denial related to criminality are going to point out that malls across the country are struggling, so we shouldn't take note of the fact that these major corporations walked away from their loans at the same time while citing essentially the same reasons. Depression and customer churnout, decay of the city, longer than usual recovery time, and the fact that they don't see a good prospect for their future. And again, we have London Breed in this situation coming out and assuring you that this place is going to remain open. It's it's no big deal. Somebody's going to open up and operate this mall, and even though the stores in it have been closing at a rapid rate... Talks about a kind of death spiral, where fewer workers coming downtown usually drives a lot of businesses that serve them out of business leaving even fewer workers, and that means that the spiral continues. That obviously affects the tax base, and that leaves other taxpayers to try to pick up the difference if they can. And all these other problems in San Francisco, all these other pre-indicators to these people surrendering their property are still there and remain unchanged. San Francisco is definitely on the path to recovery. I mean, it's one of those recoveries where you kind of have to destroy the bridge and then rebuild it, and then maybe the rebuilt bridge will be okay, and they're in the process of destroying. That's going to last a lot longer than you can possibly imagine but at some point at some point in the future there will be recovery across market street on the entire block only one small shoe store remains with other nearby stores to leave often saying theft crime and filth reduce customer traffic so that's amazing so market street which i'm assuming in san francisco is named that because it's a business district has one store one store open 
and it's a shoe store. And I don't know if you notice, they're running a sale because they're desperate to get people in the stores. Now, a lot of people say, oh, we shouldn't care about San Francisco. We shouldn't care about these people that live there. They voted for it and all that. And that's an interesting take. But I think we should care about our major cities. We should care about things that are indications of economic peril across the country. And we should point out that all you're doing when you get rid of all these stores, when you drive them out of business, is shifting who they're buying from to even larger corporations like Amazon. So if you're not buying anything from Market Street, I guarantee you, you're still eating, you're still getting clothes, you're still doing a bunch of things that you used to do. The only difference is you're ordering it from Amazon.com or Walmart.com or similar. So this idea that... That we should further allow criminality to help consolidate in the hands of these major corporations that, by the way, operate in very sketchy ways. We just did a story about Amazon shutting off somebody's entire smart home because a delivery driver mistakenly thought a automatic doorbell said something a bit racialist. That's not that's not where I want to be. I'm I'm sorry. I'm not on board with that. San Francisco supervisor Asha Safai says it's clear we need a change in the conditions on our streets so shoppers and employees can feel safe in our downtown. What will ultimately pull Market Street and the city out of a potential death spiral is its tech base mild climate, lifestyle opportunities, and natural beauty. Look, to be fair to San Francisco, the tech base is going to be there to a certain extent, although we're seeing mega layoffs even in that sector due to the fact that we're seeing a collapse in advertising revenue, and contrary to popular belief, a lot of big tech companies are advertising-based companies with a lot of additional hobby. Now, the reason I say that they will retain some of that is because San Francisco's tech capital status has nothing to do with how the city is governed. It has to do with the fact that they're located really close to those deep sea cables that carry the internet.com across the ocean and the internet tends to be faster there. That's why they're there in the first place. That natural advantage of being close to the Pacific Ocean, thus close to those cables, is what is keeping that city afloat for the time being. But if you create conditions that are bad enough, Any overwhelming economic advantage can be overrun, and that's what we're seeing in the city of San Francisco. In fact, one of the signs that things are just not going well for that city is that apparently they had one movie theater in all of downtown San Francisco, and the reason why I'm saying had one movie theater is because that is also closing right now as we speak. Well, some people told me they're sad to see yet another business exit this shopping mall, but others said that they think it might also be a sign of just changing times with other downtown multiplexes at the v, uh, AMC Van Ness and also the Embarcadero also having recently closed down. Now again, I know somebody's going to say, Sean, movie theaters are struggling, Cinemark, it's not that big of a player in the national market, and the fact that all the movie theaters have closed is just an indication of the problems of Hollywood and has nothing to do with crime in San Francisco and all these other issues. But as you're about to hear, all of the businesses prior to Westfield not renewing their lease also decided that they were going to call it quits, or at least most of them. San Francisco Supervisor Matt Dorsey says the theater's announcement in its district comes just after other retailers, such as Nordstrom, announced it is not renewing its lease. And the Westfield Center announced it will pull out of the mall and hand over management to the loaning institution. Look, you can bury your head in the sand. You can go into denial. You can say that what's obviously happening is not happening. But the proof in the pudding is in the taste. And in San Francisco, it tastes rotten because guess what? 
That's not chocolate pudding in the first place. And yes, I went there. Yes, it's disgusting. What we're watching right now in real time is the hollowing out of one of the wealthiest cities in the United States of America. And some people want to celebrate that. Some people want to say, oh, well, they got woke. They went broke on a citywide level. But in reality, these policies, these woke criminal justice policies are becoming more integrated in our government across the nation. And just because you live in a so-called red state doesn't mean you're not impacted by it. Doesn't mean that your police department isn't being targeted or isn't being neutered. And a lot of this has to do with the fact that we have the Biden administration and Merrick Garland's Justice Department enforcing all kinds of crazy things down on these local police departments that essentially make them non-functioning. We also have the First Step Act. I've talked about this, and the reason why is because it is in fact real, which laid out incentives, and people say bipartisan compromise and all that. Well, that bipartisan compromise laid out incentives for soft on-crime legislation at the state and local level. We are seeing the impact of that soft on-crime legislation. We're seeing the impact of all of us as a nation willfully pretending that being under the age of 18 means that you're a baby and we should go soft on you, and it's not just showing up in the murder statistics, the theft statistics, but it's showing up in vacant downtowns, in vacant office space, and in the fact that we're driving ourselves into a crime-driven economic depression. Now again, you can deflect, you can deny, you could say there's other factors, but there's always other factors. We need to listen to what these businesses are saying, especially the ones that are publicly traded corporations, because again, they have a fiduciary responsibility to explain the factors to their shareholders. But hey, those are just my thoughts. Let me know your thoughts down in the comments below. If you like the video, show them by leaving a like. Subscribe for more content. Follow me on my social medias. Support me via the support links in the description of this video. This has been me talking about San Francisco collapsing before our eyes. Till next time.